2: You have the right to remain silent. Anything you say can and will be used against you in a court of law. You have the right to an attorney prior to or during any question. If you can't afford one, the court will appoint one for you. Do you understand your rights?
0: And the wolf is at your door.
2: or the perpetrators who committed the crimes against the victims. My descriptions of the crime scenes, what I saw with my own two eyes. If you're going to get offended, please turn this podcast off now. Thank you. Hey everybody, it's Woody Overton, your host, Real Life, Real Crime. Today, I need to put this insert before this episode to explain some things on justice for Kim Womack's story uh, so you have the timeline straight because we did it in a reverse order. So let me explain to you what I'm talking about. One, uh, on the last week's episode, you heard Kim Womack on a recorded phone conversation with with the sheriff for Point Capete Parish. On this week's episode, you're going to hear Kim Womack on a recorded call with the detective handling her mama's case and what he has to say, okay? But what we should have done is play those in reverse order. You should have heard what actually happened was Ken Womack called for Sheriff Thibodeau and couldn't get him. She left him a voicemail. So then she called, the detective handling the case and she got him on the phone and that's the the case, the recording that you're going to hear today and his explanation about everything. So what happened in real time was while she was on that call with the detective, the sheriff tried to call her back, but she didn't take it. And once she got off the phone with the detective, she called the cold case squad and she had been told by the detective that basically the cold case squad is calling it an accident and that her mama failed due to medical conditions and all this stuff and caused all these injuries. Just just listen to the phone call today. So once she heard that now you'll notice that Kim's very nice the whole time while she's on the phone with the detective. And once she heard that she's, it blew her mind and she gets off the phone. She called the cold case squad and they said, without a shadow of a doubt that they never said, they were calling the case an accident, okay? And then, as uh, a matter of fact, she has the email proof to back that up, okay, that, that the cold case squad is not calling it an accident. So then she gets off, and she made the phone call, which you heard last week with Sheriff Thibodeau, and he, he says that, the cold case squads told him it was an accident and all that. So that's how it plays out. You're going to hear a little bit of a mess up in the beginning of the story where I say, boom, Jim. And I thought there was a, another call to the sheriff and there's not, I got that out of order. I took it out of context, but you have to remember when we were recording all these, we, you know, we we're six, seven hours sitting there. And so, uh, but the correct order of the phone calls is: she called this detective first, that you're going to hear today, She's totally in shock, even though she killed him with kindness. And then she calls the cold case squad, and they are like, "No way, no way." We said it was an accident. Then she returns the sheriff's phone call, and he says that two different people from the cold case squad have told him it was an accident, and again, she has proof. That the cold case squad did not call it an accident. I'm going to release that next week. I'm also going to release some other proof next week. Um, I'm gonna do something that I've never done before when it comes to the evidence that I'm going to release in this case. All right, but it has to be released on real life, real crime community app because the stuff I'm going to release, Facebook will shut us down in a heartbeat and I would never release anything um, traumatic for the family, et cetera. And this evidence that I'm going to release, I'm going to release whatever I handpick and we'll redact anything that's of a sexual nature, et cetera. But I'm going to release a couple to the public, but through the Real Life for Crime Community app and the rest of the stuff that I'm going to put up will be put up for the Patreon of convicts. But the meaning— when I describe that to you next week, you'll understand uh, why we have to use the app to do it because anybody else would shut us down. But it's very important that you get to see, after listening to what the sheriff said, after listening to what the detective said, I want you to be able to see the evidence yourself. So that's it. I hope you enjoyed today's episode. I apologize about the mix-up, but hey, you know what? Raw and unscripted baby stuff happens. So... Without further ado, here is Justice for Kim Womack Part four. Hello everybody and welcome to this episode of Real Life Real Crime the Podcast. And as always, I'm your host, Woody Overton. Today we're continuing the series hashtag Justice for Kimberly Womack. And I'm still with Miss Katherine Simpson, um, Kimberly's daughter, and Miss Frida. Mick, Kimberly's sister, and I don't want to say this, y'all. I, I meant to say it on the very first episode. I was thinking about it at three o'clock last night. Just want to do my best work. I'm sorry. I'm sorry that your mama was murdered. Okay, I'm sorry Kimberly was murdered, and y'all are part of a club that nobody wants to be a part of, which is not. A, nobody wants to be a part of. The murder club, having a family member murdered, but you're a part of even a more exclusive club than that, which is having a family member murdered and not getting justice for them. And that's why this series is named hashtag justice for Kimberly Womag. And I'm so sorry that you've had to go through this. And I just hope and pray that when we get done, we can get you some type of there's never any really satisfaction or closure, but it's just something. So, y'all, you just heard on the last episode um, the recorded phone call of the sheriff of Point Capete Parish stating that Kimberly Womack's death is now an accident. This is after all types of reports and everything else after the cold case squad has been brought in, they've had zoom meetings on it, how they're working the case, et cetera. Um, and the sheriff says, and Catherine, you correct me if I'm wrong at any point, the sheriff says that the cold case squad has agreed that it's an accident. Mm-hmm. Yes. And was you contacted the cold case squad and you have emails verifying this. Mm-hmm. And they say what?
3: They said, we never said anything close to that. We are not done with our investigation. We have not concluded accident, nor have we concluded anything else for that matter. They said, we never told them that. And we clearly need to clear up the discrepancies and misinformation that he gave you.
2: Right. So before we get into what I want to play today, which is the recorded phone call you have with the detective, After you get the emails from the cold case squad where they say, "Mm -mm, not true, you talk to the sheriff again. And didn't you tell me something to the fact that the sheriff's like, who are these people and why are they calling me? Tell me about that.
3: Um, So it was Sergeant Lambert that I spoke to first. And after I got off the phone with him, I called the cold case team. And I'm glad I did, because that was when they told me, no, that's not true. It's not even close to true. We have not made a conclusion. We're not done that was part of it was Sergeant Lambert had told me they concluded accident and they're done. And they said no. Um, so they they calmed me down a great deal and made me feel much better. And at that point, after I got off the phone with them, Sergeant Thibodeau returned my initial phone call. I had tried to call him
2: Sergeant, Sergeant Thibodeau.
3: I'm sorry. Sheriff, Sheriff Thibodeau. Thibodeau right. yes. um, he returned my phone call. And I was a little nervous to talk to him because I am just beginning to realize that You know, back in 2008, I was caught between the police saying accident and the coroner saying homicide. And now here I am in 2022, caught between the police saying cold case team said accident and cold case team saying, no, he didn't. Same thing all over again. So I was a little nervous to speak to Sheriff Thibodeau when he first called. I said, I got it all handled. I spoke to Sergeant Lambert. It's all good.
2: Hey, y'all, you've been hearing me tell you about Athena Club razors forever, right? And that's because I believe in the product because my wife believes in it. And the razor that she used before, and Athena Club, she's been using them for a couple of years now. But the razor she used before, but you know, dull, quick, and wasn't as well made. And we cut her uh, on her legs and around her ankles and stuff. And then we got Athena Club An Athena Club razor is designed with built-in skin guards to help prevent razor burn while being gentle on curves. The razor blade is surrounded by a water activated serum with shea butter and hyaluronic acid, which is the Holy grail for skincare. The best part is the razor kit is only nine bucks and comes with two blade heads and a magnetic hook for the shower storage and your choice of handle color. And the razor has six color options. But they also have black and white razors, which I've never seen before from other brands. And as I've told you in the past, Cindy likes the sky blue, and it hangs in the shower. Plus, you'll never have to worry about running out of refills or being stuck with dull, overused razors. You can choose how often replacement blades are sent to you with free shipping. That means fresh, ready-to-use razors always arrive right when you need them. Also you have to try their cloud shave foam. Cindy hadn't used shave foam in forever, and you've heard me talk about it before, but I'm telling you, she said it makes the shaving experience smoother. That cloud shave foam is love for her legs, and that Athena Club razor is priceless. And, you know, hey, y'all, when the order arrives at the door, and I know my wife's going to have a smile on her face. Show you skin, you care, with the Athena Club Razor Kit. Sign up today and you'll get 20% off your first order. Just go to athenaclub.com and use promo code R-L-R-C. That's A-T-H-E-N-A-C-L-U-B.com with promo code R-L-R-C for 20% off. You will be glad that you did.
3: I knew he had joined my Facebook group. I knew he had seen the posts that I've made about the case
2: and, and your Facebook group. Cause you mentioned it several times, but could tell the listeners what it is.
3: Um, it's called reality in the 18th JDC, uh, myself and the other families who have lost loved ones to homicide, um, homicides that are unsolved.
2: That's so back to that exclusive club. That right. Nobody right. wants to be a member of, right? Exactly. And so
3: I knew he had joined that group. Um, you know, I'm the admin, uh, So I I told him, you know, Sergeant Lambert handled everything. Thank you. We're good. But he still wanted to talk. And he asked me me if I had said anything bad about him and his department on Facebook. And I tried to refer him to an interview I did with Robert Burns, where I was very excited. They had accepted the help of the cold case team. And I said, I can't wait to see what he does. And Sheriff Thibodeau is going to get this done and lets everybody watch. Yay. He said, no. Did you write anything that may have been bad? And I said, yes, probably. And um, he said, you know, okay, fine. I just want you to know I'm not against you. And um, I, I just, I didn't really want to get into it with him because I was, it was too fresh. I was too confused. I had just heard from the cold case team who was contradicting them. And, and when Sheriff Thibodeau got on the phone with me, he said, do you know these guys that have been calling me and saying they're investigating And at first I said, no, because he was acting as though they were strangers. And I said, no, I I don't know who you're talking about. That's not anyone I sent. And
2: he's already had Zoom calls with them.
3: Yes. And And just in December. Right. Right. All right. So just recently. So it it was confusing that he was acting like he didn't really know who they were. And I finally said, okay, yeah, the cold case team, of course. Yes, I know them. And he said that they had contacted him and told him they concluded accident, which they deny. And he wanted to know why they were calling him. Why were they involving him when the whole, you know, the whole agreement was that the cold case team had the cooperation and help of the sheriff's department. I was just so confused in that phone call. I, I wasn't ready to talk to him. So it, it was a shorter phone call where I didn't very, I didn't really say very much. Yeah, um, I just listened, which
4: is probably
2: it, better anyway. You recorded that one. I did also. And I think, about how many minutes do you So everybody we're gonna play the second phone call. Sheriff Tipodeau from Point Capee Parish. So now you just heard the second phone call where he's saying, Who are these people, et cetera. Now this is after they've held Zoom calls and he's agreed to let them help in the investigation, etc., after the other phone call that you all heard where he said this is an accident and everything else. So let's go back the I'm not trying to rush things, but I want to get to this detectives phone call mm-hmm. that you recorded to have, give me a preface on that. And, um, and then we'll play it for the listeners.
3: Sure. So um, I called Sergeant Lambert clueless. I, I only called him because I wanted an update. I wanted to find out where, where the case was. I know that the cold case team works slowly and I don't want to bother them. Um, so I just went ahead and called Sergeant Lambert and asked, where do we stand? And that's when he told me that the cold case team, he didn't, he knew who they
2: were. <laughs> I tell you what, the this is the phone call you recorded, right?
4: hmm
2: Let's just let the listeners hear it. Sure. From in y'all's own words. Okay. Okay. And y'all under Louisiana law one person as long as one person that's a party of the conversation agrees to being recorded, then it's legal. So what we're gonna do now is play the phone call with Catherine. And Sergeant Lambert mm-hmm. with the Point Capice Sheriff's Office. Right. Hey, y'all. As I grew Real Life Real Crime into the, the business that it is today, I actually had to get business checking. And I went through a different couple of banks, and finally I was blessed enough to find out about Novo. Novo checking, you know, fortune favors the bold, the strong and the brave for your business to break out of anything holding you back. You need business checking as brave as you are. And that y'all is Novo business checking. Novo is powerfully simple business checking. And unlike the traditional banking model, Novo has no minimum balances, no transactions limits and no hidden fees. Instead of the one-size-fits-all approach, Novo is customized to your business to save you time and free up cash flow with seamless integrations to Stripe, Shopify, QuickBooks, online, and more. Sign up for Novo for free and join the community over 150,000 fearless small businesses who have the customizable business checking solution that admires their brave. You can submit your application in under 10 minutes. There's easy transfers with free ACH transfers, mail checks, and incoming wires, and no hidden fees mean you'll never be surprised by a fee again. With so many seamless integrations, fans call Novo the Swiss Army knife of business checking. When you get your business checking card, you go to an ATM, Novo doesn't even charge you any ATM fees. And even if you get an ATM fee charged by someone else, they refund you the money. So sign up for free business check-in account right now at Novo.co slash R-L-R-C. Plus, Real Life Real Crime listeners get access to over $5,000 in perks and discounts. Go to Novo.co. C-O-slash-R-L-R-C to sign up for free. Novo Platform Inc. is a fintech, not a bank. Shout out to AstroPro for sponsoring this episode and providing us with free samples. My allergies are throwing my whole morning off. Do I sound different to you? (laughs) I love that. It's that time of year though, bro. I sound different to me. I feel like I'm in a submarine. Yeah, well... Have you tried AstroPro? It's faster, bro. Oh. Right? AstroPro is the first of its kind nasal allergy spray. It is the fastest 24-hour over-the-counter allergy spray. It starts working in 30 minutes while other allergy sprays take hours. AstroPro is the first and only 24-hour steroid-free allergy spray. AstroPro delivers full prescription strength indoor and outdoor allergy relief from nasal congestion, runny and itchy nose, and sneezing. Hey, I use this, and you should too, Jim. Last weekend, I planted my garden, and it's that time of the year, and my allergies really kicked up with it, right? I use AstroPro every time my nasal allergies flare up, and I'm always amazed at how fast I'm back in the game, down on those rows, playing my stuff. Banking service provided by Middlesex Federal Savings, F.A., member FDIC. Terms and conditions apply. C.I.D.,
5: Sergeant Lambert.
4: Hi, Sergeant Lambert. This is Catherine Simpson. I think I just
5: missed your call. Hey, you sure did. How you doing, Ms. Simpson?
4: I'm doing well. How are you doing?
5: I'm good. I just read an email and I actually heard a voicemail from you. So oh, um, touch the, base with
4: good, good, good. Okay, good. Oh. I got worried after I left a couple of voicemails and didn't hear back. I got worried. So I'm glad. I'm glad to hear you didn't hear it.
5: Oh no. Okay. No. No. So uh, yeah, I just heard it. <laughs>
4: wonderful. Okay. I get nervous. Um. So right. I just wanted to touch base with you, and I just have a couple questions, like I said, about the DNA test results. Do you uh-huh. have a minute?
5: Yeah. Sure. Sure.
4: I saw where they said they wanted an extra sample from Lorraine Browning, and I wanted to know what that was about or why, or I remember who she is. And so I was just wondering why why is that, that they want another sample? What does that mean?
5: So uh, basically with DNA, they – if they get a – if someone's DNA is in the system for whatever reason, they were arrested for a felony or whatever, right? Right. if if we're doing an investigation and they scan a, a whatever it is, a, a cup that was left on the scene, right, for DNA, if your DNA hits that's in the system, it's going to mm. say, hey, we think it's this person. But then you need to go get an extra, uh, you need to go get a sample directly from that individual so they can compare that with what was taken from the cup so they can say, okay, we know it is this person. Uh um, okay. Yeah, so that's kind of what that is. Now, what happened in your mom's case is under her fingernails, uh they found two uh two DNA samples. One belonged to her and another belonged to uh I believe the woman who you just mentioned. What happened was during your mother's autopsy, uh the lady who DNA popped up was a worker at the uh coroner's office.
4: Mm-hmm. And
5: the officers and deputies say, "Hey, we want her fingernails, but they didn't have any fingernail clippers, so the lady said, "Well, I have some," and gave them her personal fingernail clippers, so that's right. how her DNA got under your mom's fingernails also uh, and
4: that's Cheryl Jackson that, I think I remember the, being told that and and yeah, her name was the, Cheryl yeah, Jackson that's
5: the other lady name oh, the other lady whose DNA was under your mom's fingernails also.
4: Okay, uh, good. So we have an so,
5: yeah, explanation They, went, they for that. went through that and still had to – they still had to go get her sample and all, but they were able to explain why hers was, you know. Good. for okay. a loop at the time when they found out, wait, you work here and this. But that's, that's <laughs> I bet. I <laughs> so, yeah, that's what's going on with that.
4: Okay, good. All so <laughs> uh, will we get another sample from Lorraine to match then? Is that what would happen next?
5: So usually that that is what happens, Uh, but is Lorraine, I'm not exactly looking at, is is this the woman whose DNA was under the fingernails?
4: Yes, there's two. The one was Cheryl Cheryl Jackson, the tech, the lab tech, and then Uh, they requested an additional sample from Lorraine Browning, who was one of my mom's neighbors.
5: Okay, did they did they uh request that for the fingernails or were they just requesting that for something separately?
4: It was on I'll forward you um the email, but it yeah. was like on a little uh like a little square and it said DNA results and it listed Cheryl Jackson, but all it said was an additional sample from Lorraine Browning is needed. It didn't really say much else.
5: Oh, okay, okay. I do know that they went out and they collected a lot of samples of DNA from uh, any female who they thought your mom may have knew or or have crossed paths uh, and had issues with. So I'm not sure exactly what happened with that sample. I'm not sure if that sample wasn't a good sample or what, but I I do know the only one that kind of came Or from what I've seen in the case, the only one that kind of came back with a hit that they really needed a sample back from was the lady whose DNA was under the fingerprint. Uh, I mean, under the fingernail clippings. Now, I'm Mm -hmm. not sure. But you can forward the email. But I'm not sure uh, if this was just they didn't get enough of a sample and then her name was attached to it so they knew who to go get it from or what. Uh, But I didn't see anything. Go ahead.
4: I'm sorry. Yeah, it was difficult okay. to discern what they meant okay. by asking, <clears throat> but the name caught me because just because I knew who it was, uh, it caught my attention. Okay. Uh, so that answers that. I'll I'll forward you that uh, information so that you know what I'm talking about, and maybe okay. you'll be able to, you know, after you look at it, you'll know what they mean. Right. Um. And then let's see. I think. Oh, I wanted to let you know. Um. I don't know where you stand as far as the investigation goes, but I found out I've always felt as though the landlords had knowledge of the crime that they didn't quite share. And I did find out that Mark Jarrow and Laura Jarrow are, I don't know if they're officially divorced, but they're at least separated on the way to a divorce. And Mark Mark Jarrow is living with his mom and my mom used to sit with his mom. She's elderly or infirm or something. So it seems to me as though Mark Jarrow and his mom would be good sources of information. I don't want to approach them because then it's not admissible. So I thought I'd just pass that along to you.
5: I got you. Um, I do know that Mark was interviewed, and, and I know for sure his wife's whole uh, – Everything that she did was kind of sketchy uh mm. to say to say the least uh, for to say the least <laughs> in the investigation uh with him as well and I tell you it's it's i tell you it's nothing it's not much to say to get him to talk I, I i i can get him to come in and see if uh if he'll say anything that's no problem
4: oh i i believe that he would to the right person i believe mm. that he would and i, I I will never forget when I passed by there and Laura was already outside and she kind of shouted for him to come out and meet me and he wouldn't do it, but he passed by the open door and I'll never forget the look on his face. He was torn up. He was upset. He was sad. It was guilt in his eyes. I'll never forget that. So I feel like he may be a good weak link.
5: Okay. Okay. Uh, (laughs) Go ahead.
4: Is there anything else that um that's happened recently maybe that that you could update me on
5: so honestly, with your mom's uh investigation uh I kind of set it to the side for for my investigative uh and kind of let the wheel spin for the the team that uh you had got to come aboard, yeah and kind of get them to kinda of, you know figure out what they can figure out, and then I know how to approach and where to best put my my time at, you know. Um,
4: Okay. I'll have to tell them. They told me that um, they offered to have the forensic evidence tested at the FBI lab and that you guys turned it down and that they haven't been able to reach you since. uh,
5: uh, No. (laughs) I do do know that they offered to have everything uh, tested. Uh, but like I told them, it was uh, it was all at my crime lab at the state police, uh, and it still hasn't been returned. I do know state police is going through; they're going through that entire case over again, right? Which is a lot of DNA, mm-hmm. and yeah. that's going to take a long time. If I send something for DNA now, it's you're talking about a six month turnaround.
1: I was about so to say a year. The so whole yeah.
5: Case. Right. Um, mm-hmm. Everything that was sent, they're going through it. Well, I got I a pretty good, uh, you know, rapport with the ladies who work over there. So when I went to them about the case and stuff, I brought some things to test, and they were like, "Look, it's the 2008. We got equipment way better, you know, that'll pick up on stuff way smaller, way smaller samples. So we'll just redo everything." So I said, "Okay, cool." Uh, now in talking with uh, the uh, cold case individuals, uh, they went to ask questions about the type of machines, and obviously, I don't know the name of it, <laughs> you know? I don't. All I know is they, they say it's the latest and stuff like that, uh, and they were well, we got these machines, and I said, again, I don't know, all I know is they say they have the latest that came out, uh, and I do know State Police Crime Lab is good, you know? Uh, I, I'm not, I'm not I saying could. they got the resources the FBI got, but they said the latest, so, you okay. know, but it's it's when they have it, it's not a, a, could I go and say, hey, let me get all that back. I'm going to turn that over to these people and, and let them test it. Could I? Possibly so. Uh, but, I mean, we you know, we work with these individuals, uh, and they have, uh, you know, made some big breaks for us before, so I wanted to give them the opportunity uh, to mm-hmm. do that. So. You
4: know. Okay, good. I'll nudge no. them through email.
2: We, y'all, you heard that sound? That's money in the bank for me. You know, real life, real crime is a business. In I use Shopify to help my business run smooth as butter. Okay. Shopify gives entrepreneurs the resources once reserved for big businesses. So upstarts, startups and established businesses alike can sell everywhere, synchronize online and in-person sales and effortlessly stay informed. Scaling your business is a journey of endless possibility. Again, again, in the beginning, we were just selling T-shirts, and we had problems with the, you know, shipping somebody may not like it, the returns, and keeping up with the on the different platforms. And then, look, Shopify solves all that, y'all, and it just handles all these problems for you. But guess what? I'm not stopping there, because success is a million milestones on a forever evolving path. I love how Shopify has the tools and resources that make it easy for any business to succeed, from down the street to around the globe. Like mine, Shopify powers millions of businesses from the first sale to full scale. Reach customers online and across social networks with an ever-growing suite of channel integrations and apps including Facebook, Instagram, TikTok, Pinterest, and more. Synchronize your online and in-person sales. Gain insights as you grow with detailed reporting of conversion rates, profit margins, and beyond. More than a store, Shopify grows with you. This is a possibility powered by Shopify. Y'all, if you got your own business, you got to give these people a chance. It takes all the bad stuff off your plate and makes it easier. That way you can spend more time in doing what it is that you do to make money. So go to shopify.com slash RLRC, all lowercase, for a free 14 day trial and get full access to Shopify's entire suite of features. Grow your business with Shopify today. Go to shopify.com slash RLRC right now.
5: Yeah, so that's, that's kind of what's going on. But last, I, I talked with them, I want to say December, there was a meeting with between myself, them, and the sheriff. I
4: forgot about that. They did tell me that they were waiting on. Some report in November, December, and I forgot all about that.
5: Yes. So uh, I'm not sure. I do know that as they wanted to get with you, and I think they wanted to do one kind of big, broad meeting uh, uh-huh. with you, the sheriff, uh, and then I sit in also, and the team, of course, uh, and kind of give you. So they gave us their. Findings, shall I say, uh, for what they did, and we're kind of going to, you know, step back and and leave it at that, Uh, because they could not, they didn't have enough to discern it either which way or the other, right? Right. You know, being there as though we're working from 2008, some stuff that probably should have got collected didn't, you know, um, Mm -hmm. and that's not throwing shadow on anyone, just. I guess just learning, you know, so uh, it's really not much to go off. Uh, But I will say I I brought in a lot of people and experts to look at some stuff for this case. Mm -hmm. Uh, I think I informed you with with most of them uh, and still kind of got, you know, the the results that they got. Um, So give me one second. Yes. Sure. Yes, hello?
4: Yes, I'm here. I
5: apologize, I apologize about that. That's so okay. I do know that, um, so I had a, a blood pattern uh, analyst look at it um, uh, at the photos, which is kind of all we have to go off of. Um, right. And they came up with their findings, and uh, they didn't want to give a, a definite until – a pathologist got a chance to look over the pictures and and kind of give one way or the other or or someone with a, 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 I guess, a more extensive medical background than they. Uh, But they did say that, and I believe I told you this, that uh, from what they can tell, it it did not appear that um, your mom was, injured or battered or anything in thank you, in that location. So if something was to have happened, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. it would have happened somewhere else and then she mm-hmm. would have been brought to that location. However, given her extensive medical background and stuff they had seen in their career, it was more probable that the bruises and stuff were self-inflicted and um due to her medical conditions, uh, the injuries she sustained ultimately led to her passing in that residence. Um, so, but they said, you know, I'm going to hold it. Let's see what, you know, what comes up, if they think these are self-inflicted, if they think these are, uh, you know, inflicted by someone else. and uh, When
4: you say self-inflicted, you mean accidentally, right? Like- Correct. Correct. Okay. Cause, yes.
5: Um, yes. I just want to make so like in a fall. Yes. So in fall and staggering. Uh, and and the way she was explaining it was because of your mom's blood condition. If she's losing blood throughout the how uh, throughout you know the day or whatever, and she starts to stagger and stuff like that, and then it's it's causing her to fall, and, and then hit her head and and get the bruises and she had fractured ribs and stuff like that. Well. Uh. All those can be consistent with, you know, someone with her condition falling also inside of the residence. Uh, and then there was the issue with the bruising inside of your mom's head and the injury sustained to her, um, to her brain that was brought out during the autopsy. Well, the blood pattern specialist Zanin is her name uh stated told me of a case up in New York where she worked where an individual uh received an injury, a brain injury, via a blow to the head with the back of an axe. And Ooh. uh she told me that after that individual was struck with the axe, their brain kinda of went to autopilot mode and essentially they were already deceased at that point in time, but their body was still functioning. That individual went outside, got their newspaper, waved at the neighbor across the street, went inside, closed the door, and dropped dead. All after the blow because his brain went into autopilot mode.
4: Mm-hmm.
5: So she kinda was looking at the pictures and she said, I'm not sure if she could have hit her head, sustained that type of injury, went to the ice box to get the ice cream. You know, because uh, we see the ice cream, you see the chocolate syrup that's been moved, but it right. hasn't been taken from the kitchen. She said, I mm-hmm. don't, I'm, you know, it's a possibility she's going through this and her brain is just going through the ice cream. You know, the motions they're going to go get the ice cream and all of this stuff. Mm-hmm. Uh And she said, that's just one of the possibilities. It could have been something else, but, but that's a case that they had up there, and it could have been something down here with the traumatic blow that she took to the head. <laughs> Nevertheless, that it was more probable that those injuries were self-sustained. Uh, and if they weren't, in a case they weren't, whatever happened didn't happen in the house. So,
4: so my question, um, I was looking at the, the pictures recently, and I looked at her. I'm, I'm one. I saw the injury on her forehead, and I saw the injury that actually killed her on the back of her head.
0: For the ones who get it done.
1: Left of
4: her head. So I'm curious how she got such significant blows to the head three times on her own, plus the broken ribs and her ripped-up elbows and her ripped-up knees and all that.
5: Right. So I, I mean, that's a lot to the, that's throwing runaway. yourself
4: around, you know?
5: Right. I do, remember, I do remember seeing the blows to the front of her head. I do not recall seen anything with, with images of any blows to the back. Now, I recall the autopsy photos that show some of the injuries on the inside, but I don't recall seeing anything on the outside, right. the external.
4: Right. Right. So um, the the forehead injury is visible externally, but the two to correct. the back of her head were not visible externally. I see that got on you. the autopsy. I got you.
5: Okay. I got Gotcha. Got you. So... Uh, that's some of the stuff that she wasn't explaining, again, with the medical terms. Uh, because of the blow to the front, the brain hit so hard in the back and different things like that, uh, and to the side, uh, which caused the, the side Mm -hmm. of her. uh, Mm
4: -hmm. Mm -hmm.
5: But she did say more than likely the blow to the forehead would have been the, uh, the would have been more of a fatal blow or what could have caused her death ultimately. Uh, The issue is there's not enough in the pictures to say Mm -hmm. whether that she did that to herself, stumbling over stuff, uh, dazed from losing blood. But there's nothing in that house that leads them to believe that she's being struck with anything. There's no cast off from blood. You got what I'm saying? There's, there's I do. No,
4: yeah. So there's that's no cast. There's if, very if there was little blood.
5: Well, it it the scene doesn't show up because there's no cast off of blood. Right. Or nothing showing that she was being struck in that residence.
4: Mhm. Uh, mm-hmm.
5: but they do they do have blood that shows that she was traversing through so they're saying if she was mm-hmm. walking through this residence, bleeding, free bleeding as they called it, uh, because it's just dripping. Well, obviously, we know she's here at home, but we don't see any signs of her being struck, right? So um, that's why it's more probable that she was home and and sustained the injuries. But in the the event that – because it's still possible that something could have happened to her prior as she was brought to that location. So in the event, then we don't know if the blood that's on the ground been down there – uh, you know, and stuff like that. I can uh, because of the condition of the residence. You don't know. You can't see right. how long the father was there. So, right. Uh, but I can, that can was picture her that now. Yeah. I can
4: picture that because there was, you know, clearly a disturbance in the kitchen. I can right. picture her being taken from the kitchen and then deposited back through that back door. And I do understand better now how close the two theories. Why it used to seem to me as though there was a great deal of distance between those two theories, but I understand better now how you know it's one or the other. Right. Um, right. Good. Okay. Um so, thank you. So,
5: no problem. But then I sat in with the the blood pattern specialist from the team and she looked over it. And you know, I don't know if these I don't I can't tell you if these two women ever met. Uh but She had her findings off the look, looking at the pictures, and they were the same as Xanon. And she basically said the same thing, you know, with the med- given with the medical conditions, what the scene is showing, uh, there was not a conflict that occurred in this residence. And it mm-hmm. is more probable that her injuries war due to her medical condition she lost blood, she was walking around days and just was falling over stuff, laid down thinking she just had a headache after she hit her head and ultimately uh passed away. Uh but in November or December, whenever we had the meeting with the the team with myself and the sheriff, they kinda gave us their final their final Uh, disposition, shall I say, and was letting us know that, you know, they were going to back away from it, Uh, and that if if anything came up to where we thought we had something that showed differently, just reach back out, but from what they can see, from everything, every angle they worked, everything they got in, it is more probable their findings are, it was more probable that this those injuries were self-sustained While she was traversing through the residence, uh, at some point in time, she uh, received that injury or that blow to the head and uh, passed away in the residence. Uh, They did state, is it a possibility that something happened to her? Their words, of course, anything is possible. But it didn't happen in that residence. And again, it is more probable that not, she was not, you know, uh, killed. It was more of an unfortunate, I mean, unfortunate, uh, you know, situation where she wound up, because of her medical condition, uh, injuring herself to the point where one of the blows were fatal.
4: Okay. Um. <clears> okay. <throat> And when you say her medical condition, you mean the fact that she had thin blood—that she, she was
5: and the, the okay. bleeding and you know the the free bleeding and stuff like that. Um, yeah, taking all that into consideration, uh, yeah, her medical condition. Okay. That she Yeah, that's what I'm talking about. And then, all right. So, did she? Um, something the the lady in uh, New York brought up was that. Um, with your mom's condition and all the medication she was taking, uh, alcohol was kind of something that she was not supposed to be partaking in. But she can tell from, I guess, some of the photographs that uh, your mom still partook. I think there was some daiquiri cups or something like that. Uh, and she yeah. said and she don't know if, if she could have drinking something, and it kind of,
4: well, there was you know, no alcohol in the toxicology, right? Just her, and I, just the Celexa and the Darvocet. Oh, um, I'll have
5: to look at it again. I'll have to look at it again uh, mm-hmm. to see. Um, but <clears throat> she was kind of talking about, you know, how the alcohol with all those type of medicines and stuff and uh, how that kind of wasn't good and may have contributed to a decline of her health at another, you know, point in time or something like that. Um and then it came up with how much was she on a medication, which is something we couldn't tell because we don't have the pill bottles to see if she was, you know, taking all the medicine like she was supposed to and stuff. So
4: Yeah, the toxicology report? Mm hmm. Okay, yeah. I thought I thought I remembered that. It it did okay. show her Celexa, the Darvacet, and um a caffeine pill.
5: Right, right, right. So it was showing in the system, right? Right. Yeah, but it, Her
4: anti... It, mm-hmm. Yes.
5: Yeah, the, the question was, was she taking it consistently like she was supposed to? Uh, and that's mm-hmm. something she brought up. Uh, you know, we, we can't... We don't know because they didn't photograph how many pills were in the pill bottle, when the date was, that it was, you know, uh, filled and stuff like that. So... Uh, she did know what was in, you know, from the toxicology and all that. Uh, but those were just things that she was pointing out um, from that, things that could have helped, you know, make a better decision if we'd have known if she was, had she taken all the medication to this point in time and different things like that. Uh, yeah, that was just some of the few things she pointed out. She pointed out some other stuff that kind of would would have hurted a case had we arrested somebody um some things that kind of would have hurted our case also uh you know some mm-hmm. again some things I guess they were still trying to learn back in two thousand and eight that uh she said, be glad she was helping us because if somebody had hired her to go against us, we probably would have lost the case so
4: <laughs> yeah, yeah, I don't want that
5: well how yeah.
4: about the other yeah. aspect covered um hopefully if if someone did hurt my mom i'm I'm getting a lot of outreach I'm going on um Woody Overton's podcast in a couple of okay. weeks, uh-huh. and hopefully if anybody knows anything that right. will like get the word out and get them to come forward, and that'll just right. cover uh-huh. all bases
5: uh-huh. yeah right <gasps> uh definitely you know we we it's only so much we can do you know this many years later without a lot of real physical, uh, you know, we don't have the scene. we don't have the mattress, which is one of the things the lady calls out because they were literally standing on the mattress, which it was the coroner's office, but they were standing on the mattress with their bare shoes, just like walk from outside and go stand on the mattress. Great. And she was like, oh, my God, I don't know who did this, but, man, you all would have a day in court because that's a key piece of evidence, and... These people are just sitting on it, standing on it. So, uh huh. Yeah. Um, yeah,
4: I remember. She, I remember yeah, that she, it was hmm, pretty bad.
5: She kind of tore up in the uh, up in the sheriff office a, a little while. Those practices <laughs> back then. Uh, and then she went on to give me, you know, her finance. But um, yeah, so uh, so it matched the young lady with. The the peons find is also you know, and that was yes.
4: The, I need to call them.
5: Yeah, that was the uh kind of the ordeal with it too, um. Uh, so that's kind of where you know, and and again, I Mark Jarrod man, if he especially if he's local, I could definitely call him and see if I can ruffle some feathers or or at least you know shake the rug, see what was up underneath it. Uh, that
4: would be amazing. It because I know they know something.
5: Mm -hmm. And, you know, at at least do something. Like you said, if something did, if he knows something, this could be, you know, this many years later, he'll probably be willing to say something. Um, Mm -hmm. But, uh, you know, I just wanted to let you know, it's it's pretty much a throwing dark in the dark, you know. Right, Um, right. Because I really don't have much to kind of really hit on. on. But, yeah, Um. but... You know, it's nothing to sit and talk with him and see what, what if he ah, changes things. Thank you. Here.
4: That'd be yeah. fantastic. Okay, so what I'll do from here is send you the DNA result things that I was talking about. I'm gonna call the cold case team, and I think that I think that's everything. Okay. Well, thank you so much, Sergeant Lambert. It feels really good to be in touch with you and know what's going on. I
5: appreciate it. No problem. No problem. Oh,
4: and I think Sheriff Thibodeau just tried to call me back while I've been on the phone with you.
5: Okay. So So um,
4: you might want to let him know we talked.
5: <laughs> all right. I'll let him know.
4: Okay. Thank you so much.
5: No problem. You have a good day. You
4: too. Right, bye-bye. bye-bye.
2: Hey, y'all, you know, winter is supposed to be like hibernation time where you just stay inside and stay warm and curl up and not too busy, right, on the, on your downtime. But now winter's turning to spring, and you know what? I won't deny. I'm still staying in more than usual. That doesn't mean I'm not busy or that I won't spend all my time in the kitchen because I love to cook. Y'all have seen my videos and everything else. I, luckily, I don't have to meal plan or prep and i can still eat good now that i leave my meals to factor factor makes it easy for me to eat clean 24/7 with fresh never frozen prepared meals that are so delicious you wouldn't believe they're actually good for you factor saves me time by delivering chef crafted meals to my doorstep eliminating the hassle of grocery shopping and the meal prep not to mention the cleanup no dishes to wash here Each Factor meal arrives pre-prepared and ready to eat in two minutes. That's even faster than ordering in. Factor tackles the tough stuff, so I don't have to. Their registered dietitians and expert chefs work hand-in-hand to create meals with nutritious ingredients. And with more than 29 meal options each week, I'm never bored. Factor even knows my preferences. They offer vegan and veggie meals, keto meals, low-calorie options, cold pressed juices, smoothies, energy bites, plant based bars, extra protein, veggie sides and more to keep me fueled and focused all day long. Head to go.factor75.com/rlrc120 and use code RLRC120 to get $120 off y'all. That's code RLRC120 at go dot factor75.com slash RLRC120 for $120 all. Hey, give them a try. You're gonna like it. All right, y'all. You just heard it. Not made up. No, nothing can be misconstrued or taken out of context. There it is. You heard the audio. And I'm going to conclude this episode of hashtag justice for Kimberly Womack. And y'all, I know this is a long series, but it's so important. And I need you to share it with everybody. Your mama, your daddy, your plumber, your dog, trainer, whoever. Because this story needs to be heard. It needs to be heard. And I'm Woody Overton, your host of Real Life Real Crime, the podcast. Now, Real Life Real Crime announcements. I want to thank you convicts and patrons again for making me be financially able to do this through your subscriptions and it means the world to us, okay? Um, if you want to be a patron or a convict, you can go to our Facebook Patreon page. It's the same thing, y'all. It's just subscribers in different spots. We started the, the Real Life Real Crime Community app, which you can go download for free years after we started Patreon, And, So you can join in either spot if you want to do that. And there's a lot of benefits, early releases, commercial-free, unedited episodes, bonus episodes, et cetera, et cetera. So check it out. Hey, lifers, if you can't be a patron or convict, I totally get it. I love you. I appreciate you. Please share this story. We need everybody in the world to know about Kimberly Womack and what happened to her. If you want to watch the video, video of these interviews, go to YouTube Real Life Real Crime Podcast and subscribe to us. Anytime a new episode or video comes out, you'll get an alert. Follow me on Instagram at Real Life Real Crime, and I'm sure I'm forgetting some. I always do. But just thanks again in LOPA, Louisiana Organ Procurement Agency. Be a hero. Give the gift of life. Site, whatever. Go to LOPA.org. Sign up to be an organ donor. The chances of them ever using your organs are very, very, very slim. But I can tell you case after case where people are still alive today or have lived for more years because of people Signed up to be an organ donor, all right. And if you're a lifer from Belgium, what well, we did Belgium last? <laughs> Your life. Canada,
3: uh, where <laughs> the France, Canada. All right. Canada, Canada, Canada. All right
2: cool. So if, if you're a lifer from France or Canada, and and you want to be an organ donor, go to lopa dot org. You don't have to be from Louisiana. Sign up and be a hero. And I'm Woody Overton, your host of Real Life, Real Crime, the podcast. Until next time or ever, don't let me catch you down on murder. Bye. Peace. You have the right to remain silent. Anything you say can and will be used against you in a court of law. You have a right to an attorney prior to or during any question. You can't afford one, the quarter point one, for you. Do you understand your rights?
0: And the wall is at your core.